All right, here we go, Acts 2.41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day, the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Three, somebody say 3,000. 3,000 souls were added in one day. That is incredible. I would love to see that many people in Austin First Church one day. Maybe not stay here because maybe they need to go off to a daughter work we plant, but I would love to see 3,000 people come through this church and, and be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all would love to see that happen one day through our church? How many of you, how many of you can already believe it's going to happen by faith in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. And so uh, I, we're going to be seated in a moment. Let's just pray that God would help us tonight to receive this faith and to have this vision tonight that we can learn from the Word of God. God, I pray right now that you'll help me, Lord, to have the right words, help my spirit to be right, God. Help me, Lord, to be able to lead these wonderful, beautiful people, God. I pray, Lord, that you would put the words in my mouth, Jesus, and that it would be received, God, with openness, Lord. I thank you for every person who's come tonight, God, after a long day. I thank you, God. I pray for restoration, strength, and peace, God to be in every one of us before we leave tonight. Let there be a peace and a restoration, a strength, God, that you can give to us. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated, and thank you again for being here. Wow, 3,000 people are added to the church. I think that we can have that happen in our church. It is a hard thing to believe or to imagine 3,000 people that you and I are going to help. And I will tell you right now, there is no way that I can do it by myself. There is no way one man could take care of 3,000 people being baptized, receiving the Holy Ghost. How many altar workers is that? Pastor, I don't know what my job is around here. Well, here pretty soon, it's going to be helping baptize people in Jesus' name and helping people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Teaching home Bible studies, this is the purpose of the church. That we are supposed to be a people that look outward and say, we want to reach people. We want to help people find Jesus. That is the ultimate goal of our church. Uh, many years ago, the Lord, I guess not many years ago, a few years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, what kind of church are you going to pastor? And he spoke to me and said, I want you to have a quality church, and I don't want you to worry about the quantity. I want you to worry about the quality. I have preached it here a few times, and God told me to preach it here once a year, at least once a year, to remind myself and to remind the people of our church the vision that God has for us. And tonight I felt led of the Holy Ghost to talk about how we have to have, we must have first, a quality church. I must be a quality pastor. So pray for me. In fact, pray for me right now. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the people of our church that believe that I can be a quality pastor. We must have a quality church. God, I must be a quality pastor. God, I have to make sure that I am right with you. I have to make sure that my words are right. I have to make sure that everything that I do is right because I surely cannot lead our church to be a quality church if I am not a quality pastor. And I thank you, God, for the people of our church who believe in me and believe that I can do this. I thank you for the prayers of the people of this church, God, because I cannot do it without you. I cannot do it without your, your help and your power, Lord. Help me, Jesus, to be a quality pastor and everybody say in Jesus name I must be a quality pastor and I pray that God will help me to become a quality pastor because God spoke to me we're gonna have to have a quality church 
First and foremost, we've got to make sure that everybody in our church who is here is quality. And I believe you are quality. I believe you can be quality. I believe you're going to do great things and be great saints of God. In Jesus' name. God, help me to see people in this church as you see them. Help me to see people with faith. Help me to see people becoming more than what they currently are. Help me, God, to see with the eyes of faith and potential. Help me, Lord, to look at people in the church and see what they can become, not just who they are, because that's what faith will do. God, we've got to operate in faith in the last days. We've got to see our church being a big church. We've got to see our people being great people. It doesn't matter what we are now. We've got to look with faith in Jesus' name. I, I want to be a pastor and I want you to be a people that we can see things that are not visible. We can see things that are not easy to see. That we can bring potential out of people. That we can see people that it might look like they'll never do anything for God. But I want us to have eyes of faith. I want us to speak faith. I want us to speak faith. I want us to look at people and say, no, you will be used of God. No, your marriage will work. No, it will be okay. Everything's going to be all right. God, help us be a people of faith in Jesus' name. Why, why does it matter so much that we would be a people of, of faith and we would be a people of life and we would be a quality church? Because the 3,000 are depending on us. I know that you might not want to feel the weight of 3,000 souls, 3,000 abused people in Austin. I know you might not want to hang that on you, but it is on you. Because when you got in the church, you became a part of the core that God will begin to use to reach the 3,000 broken people in the world. And it is depending on you and me tonight to get our act together because 3,000 people need us to fix this thing. And so the Lord wanted me to remind myself and to remind our church tonight that it depends on the 120 submitted Holy Ghost-filled believers, including the 12 apostles to assist the 3,000 to be baptized and added to them in one day. It takes the core of the 120 to produce the 3,000. The scripture says it was 120 gathered in that upper room there on that day and they first had to be baptized in unity and the Spirit of God and then when they finally got unified and they were full of the Holy Ghost, 3,000 souls were saved. Right now in this place, our family and our loved ones are on the line. Right now in this place, there are people that have never come to church that are on the line. They're hoping that we become the quality 120. They're hoping that we become the people that get out of the upper room and go outside and begin to preach the goodness and the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Sometimes it's easy to forget why we are in this thing. We are in this thing not just for ourselves. We're already saved after all. We're in this thing because there are people outside this church and they need us so badly. We call the 3,000 church growth. We call it church growth in our modern cool language. Church growth is a term used to infer a numerical increase or quantity. We hear preachers say, we want to fill up this place and we want to win our city. If success is numerical, then Jesus is failing. If success is numerical only, then most of the world does not have Jesus. It is not numerical. Success is not numerical. 
Success is not measured in how many people stay in our church, come to our church. Success is measured off of the quality of who are currently in our church. We can never measure success off of a number because then the church running six people will never have faith to believe they're succeeding. So it's not numerical. And I've got to remind myself as a young, anxious pastor sometimes to slow down because it's not about numbers. It is about the quality of our church and the quality of our hearts and the condition of our church. It matters far more than the number of people who are running in these doors each week. God help me and help us to be a quality church. Doesn't matter how many people that we have. If we had to preach a false doctrine to get them here, it doesn't matter. If we don't follow every part of God's word, it does not matter if we fill this building up and build a new building. It doesn't matter. I'm preaching to myself tonight. It doesn't matter if we we don't praise God anymore and we begin to compromise who we are. It doesn't matter if we have to do that. Doesn't matter if we, we stop praying with passion, if our marriages are not working and our kids are not right. It doesn't matter. Everyone is upset. doesn't matter then if we're growing a big church and people are mad. Some of the largest churches, I know about them. I know them. I know the pastors. I know the people in the churches. They're just nightmares because everybody's fighting and fornicating. And you don't hear about it because the church is so big. God, I don't want a church like that. I don't want a pastor like that. I don't care if they think I'm cool. I don't care if they say Pastor Green's got a big church. I refuse to pastor a big church with lots of problems. God, I'd rather have a quality church with quality love. I'd rather stay small. I don't just want a room full of people. I want a room full of power. I want a room full of power. I want to see miracles and signs and wonders. I don't care if we have a big church, but we don't have power. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Jesus. If you never stop and solidify who you have, eventually your future leaders will be watered down and too weak to bless your grandchildren. If you never stop and solidify who has come to your church, eventually your future leaders will be watered down, too weak to bless our grand, our grand. I'm preaching to my grandchildren right now. I am trying to preach to our grandchildren right now. I am trying to preach to some of y'all's grandkids that are on the way. Because we've got to do this thing right, right now. So that years down the road, we're not handing off a church that has no power, that is not even apostolic anymore, that we, our kids are lost. And that's why you and I we have to take this thing so seriously. I, above all, have to take this thing so seriously. It begins with me as the pastor. God, help me be a quality pastor. The 3,000 additions in the book of Acts was not result of a new and fancy church, church growth strategy. It was the result of faithful disciples who spent over three years every day learning and training directly from Jesus Christ. Every day. Every day with Jesus, every day with Jesus, every day in prayer with Jesus, every day in the Word with Jesus, every day with Jesus, every day with Jesus. That's how you build the church. Every day with Jesus, every day. Every morning I wake up, I'm with Jesus. Jesus says, go, I go. He says, go right, I go right. That's what you build the church on. You build the church on Jesus. (laughs) 
we got to get back to the center of the church, and that is we must do this for Jesus because of Jesus. And we've got to live every single day close to him, and then we can be those disciples, those 120 that turn the world upside down. We don't need a meeting about how to have revival. We just need to spend every day with Jesus. We don't need to have a big meeting on how to win the world. We just need to spend time with Jesus. Everything that we need, every answer is in Jesus. It was the result of 108 believers and 12 apostles obeying Jesus, going to an upper room and waiting for the promise of God's Spirit's outpouring. Watch this, 10 days of obedience is what they spent there. 10 days of obedience. Everybody say, 10 days of, 10 days of obedience. 10 days of obedience they spent waiting in obedience. 10 days waiting by faith produced one day of mass addition to the church. Look at God's math. God goes slow. And then he makes up for it all at the end. <laughs> You know, whenever you're trying to do things in a hurry, you, me you make mistakes, you do stuff wrong. But I, I believe this tonight. God wants us to get 10 days of obedience. I'm not scared about the city being one. I'm not afraid of our future. I just am afraid of the 10 days of obedience. God, help me have my 10 days of obedience. Help me be 10 days in submission, 10 days in prayer, 10 days obeying you, just waiting on the Lord. I am not concerned about what God will do through us when we're ready. God can make up all the lost time, all the lost people, all the backsliders can all come back to this church in one weekend. In one moment, we can get everybody back. Anybody feel that in the Holy Ghost right now? I said fear not. God can give everything to us in one moment. I'm trying to try to be as confessional as I can. As a young pastor, sometimes I want to hurry up and I want to grow this thing. And every now and then my elders tell me, you got to slow down. My dad said, you got to slow down. I can barely understand you talk so fast. The qu people probably can't keep up with me over here. Sign language, their fingers are catching on fire. The, 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 direct, the, the translators are back there just rolling their eyes the whole time. And, and he said, man, just slow down. He said, I know you're, you're ready. I know you're itching, but that's why I wanted to preach this tonight because I want a quality church. And that takes time. And I don't know if you're like me, but maybe you are because we're all in a hurry. But I don't like waiting. I'm so used to getting what I want when I want it. I'm an Amazon crazy man. I hate going to stores. I love, I love getting stuff in one day from China. <laughs> I love it. It is so cool getting everything I want, but when it comes to God's economy, you can't get great things quick. Your marriage takes time. Your children, our children, they take years. Do not fear about your marriage. Do not fear about your children. It's the scariest thing in the world, your marriage and your kids. Your marriage and your kids. The two scariest things we all face is my marriage and my kids. But listen to me in the Holy Ghost tonight, and I'm talking to myself. It takes time to get my marriage right. It takes time to get my kids right. 
and I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to look through eyes of flesh and say it's not working. I've got to have faith tonight. I've got to have faith in the name of Jesus. I've got to be patient. It will work out. Ten days of obedience produce one day of mass additions to the church. Ten days of quality produce one massive big old day of quantity. And if you'll hang in there with us at Austin First Church, our day is coming. Every day until then is just a day of obedience. Look, I don't know what to do right now except obey. Because I, I am getting a little frustrated. I kind of want it to happen tomorrow. I just wish Sunday was our day for 3,000, but it might not be our day yet. Because until I can learn to master the obedience, God will not trust us with the 3,000. I will not blame him. I will not get mad at him. But I will bow my face in the carpet and keep praying. And I hope you'll join me until God says it's time. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. You're ready. But not yet. I do believe this. I believe if we're not seeing what we want, we've got to go back into a season of obedience again. I believe if we're not seeing the production that we want, we've all got to say, you know what, Lord, I'm not seeing what I want, but I'm going to go back into prayer. Remember, it's all about getting to Jesus uh, every day with Jesus, uh, every day with Jesus, uh, walking with Jesus. Uh, I don't have what I want yet, God, but I'm going to go back to you, Lord, and I'm going to be obedient, uh, and I'm going to submit again. I wish it was today was the day I got it, but I have to focus on quality. The Lord recently dealt with me, and I, I don't, I don't, God doesn't talk to me all day, y'all. I know I say this a lot. I say, you know, the Lord spoke to me. That, that's everything I pretty much hear I tell y'all, so. There you go, you know. But he must be so spiritual. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm really saving it up for you. So uh, the four things I said, that's pretty much it for the last few days. So there you go. I'm not super spiritual. But I, I wanted to tell you that I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to slow down, and uh, I, I'm trying to be careful, and I just lost my point, but. I'm going too fast, I guess. I... Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out later, Sister Haley. I... It wasn't in my notes that I was just felt inspired to say it, and the Holy Ghost probably just said, nope, shut up. So I'm going to move on. If I feel it later, I'll say it later. We're such a hurry these days. We want the promotion without the pain. We want the harvest without the hustle. We want the future without the fight, and it's just not possible. The masses are our mission, but quality is our method. We cannot focus on quick production. We must focus on the quality. That's our method. When, when you care more about the quantity than you do the quality, you start to, start to bulldoze paths that are not God's plan. When we get in a hurry and we get ahead of God, we make big mistakes. Anybody ever made a mistake like that? I have. I do. When we get in a hurry and we get scared and we wonder what God's up to, we start to push things that God does not want to push. God wants to slow it all down. Here's what it was, Sister Haley Jane. Are you ready? Uh, thank you, Lord. Jesus was, uh, was 30 before he began to heal people. 30 years of walking by sick folks. Not today. But we need a healer. Not today. This man's dying of cancer. He's going to die. He's dead. Too late. Not today. 30 years he waited. And here's the principle. It took him three, around three years of ministry to turn the world upside down and 30 years to get ready for it. It's going to be okay, y'all. Listen to me in the Holy Ghost. It's going to be okay. 
We're going to do this, but we're going to do it God's way. And I'm scared sometimes like you, but I've got to slow down every now and then and say, hey, it hadn't even been 30 years yet. Uh, God can do it all in three, but we've got to give him that time. Fear not, rush not, slow down, because God is going to do it his way. Help me, Jesus. Have you ever noticed how God will promise you a great quantity for your future? You feel it, you dream it, you know it, it's going to come. But he, he, then he takes you down a pathway of patience. It's like, but God told me I'd have it. But watch this with the plans of God. He does not say when. That's probably the worst thing about the dreams and visions we have. is because God's like, he told me I'm going to find somebody to get married one day. And then everybody after that is the one. <laughs> Just because he speaks to you does not mean you know when it will happen. And that is the frustrating thing about vision, is because we like to add to what God did not say. Pastor Green, you go to Austin, you're going to build a church, and I'm thinking, this week, right, God? And he's like, no. But but what next week, God? When When I tell you. And we get so frustrated trying to get in a hurry that if we're not careful, if we're not patient, We'll, we'll, make, we'll make a mess of things. That's what I've been praying about the most lately is, God, help me slow down. Help me be patient. Help me relax. This is your church. In Jesus' name. Let me give you an example. God told Abraham in his old age, you will have children like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. But there's only one problem. You don't have any kids at all right now. Can you still believe something when it seems impossible. You know what we need more of in the day we're living in? We need more faith. We need to be able to see things not as they are, but through eyes of faith. If you want to turn your marriage, your life, your home, your friends and family relationships around, start speaking faith to things that look like they're dead already. And I promise you, you will begin to change the atmosphere in your world. You speak life with your tongue and things can resurrect and things can happen. We've got to be able to see it when God says it because God does not say when. I am a firm believer that God gives us a dream, so we'll stay in the fight. Because sometimes the only thing that makes us get out of bed in the morning is the dream that God gave us. You have to have faith if you're going to survive. You have to believe when everything around you says it won't, I'm dead. You have to believe. And Abraham was this great man of faith. That he was promised that he'd have children like the stars of the sky and he didn't have a kid. They were old. They couldn't have kids. And look, God's plan included massive quantity, but it also demanded great quality. Because God said that the quantity would come from Sarah, his wife, the old woman with very little chance of getting pregnant. Abraham and Sarah thought that the promise of plenty would work better if they could take matters in their own hands and speed up the process and help God out. Because God needs help fulfilling his plans, doesn't he? How many churches have turned away from the truth because God needed help with this church? You know what? Nobody's coming. If we could just add more cool stuff. Nobody's coming. Let's just let go of some of our holiness beliefs. Nobody's coming. Maybe if I change the word a little bit, you know, a little bit. What if we just, God does not need help 
doesn't need help. He needs obedience. He doesn't need help. He needs obedience. He, he doesn't need our creativity. He doesn't need us to assist him. He just needs our bowed knee. He just needs our bowed knee. Because we, we can build a crowd, but we can't build a church unless we are in obedience. So here's what Abraham did. Got a, little, got a little rush, put Hagar, the servant woman, with Abraham, and they got all intimate one night, had a little party. And uh, sure enough, Abraham ends up having a son named Ishmael. Eventually, Sarah has Isaac. This is the one that God promised. Eventually, in time, through obedience, they finally, finally got the right one. Okay? Ishmael never fought Isaac, but today their lineage is at war in the Middle East. And all the drama going on right now, let me tell you what started. When a man rushed God's plans. We've got to have a spirit of slow down on us tonight. We've got to have a spirit of calm down. It's going to be okay. I've got to have a spirit of calm down. Love God, love people. Calm down. It's his church. Because when we as men get so uptight about we're going to see it happen right now, I said right now, God, do you hear me? We, we can begin to make massive future mistakes. Israel is now surrounded by the Arabs. God will not stop you from getting your, qual- your quantity if you really want it. But don't be surprised when your quantity has no quality. God will give you all of that if you really want it but don't be surprised when one day it backfires on you when you put quantity before quality you breed a fight into your future I'm literally trying to protect my future by making sure that I have a quality about me because if we get in a hurry we rush things rush decisions that are not God's will we are going to be good in the moment we'll feel good in the moment but we'll have a fight in our future And you will spend the rest of your life regretting the decisions that you made in a hurry. Help us, God. Our Bible quizzes are learning the book of Proverbs, and I can't can't be more thankful that our kids are learning the wisdom of God. You know a lot of that with Proverbs. I think I need to go study with them. It talks so much about slowing down, being quiet. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. God, help us. To have a spirit of slow down and be, it's going to be okay. Help me, Jesus. So let me be honest with you. I want our churches to be filled up. I want our cities turned upside down for Jesus. But I refuse to do it with Hagar. And she looks good, y'all. She looks good. I'll be honest with you. She's pretty hot, Hagar. There's a couple days you're like, hey, Hagar, what's up? How long have you been around? Hey, what's up? You know, I'm, I'm your master, <laughs> you know. There's a, there's a, yeah, is that, is that too far? Okay, yeah, too far. <laughs> Turn the page, scroll. I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make it seem that we understand there's lots of things that we can do to try to, to grow the church. But I refuse to do it with Hagar. It might take a little longer, but when it's done... We will be the happiest people in the world. Our kids will be the most blessed people in the world. Our grandkids will be the most blessed people in the world. If we can just do it God's way, 
It will reap dividends for our future generations to come. We don't just want people at AFC. We want people who are becoming like Christ. Because listen, this is very important to get in your spirit. Even cancer can grow. There's some kind of growth we don't want. In my closing, 3,000 needs a quality 120. That's the way it worked in the, in the model of the church. But watch this. Who did the 120 have? They had 12. You can continue to reduce down the number and it's exponential because it goes 1, 3, 12, 120, 3,000? 100,000? 1 million? God's math is so different than our math. Because when we do it right, he does math that is exponentially beyond how we do math. If we will do it the quality way, if we can get a 1, a 3, a 12, we can get a 120. And God's model of church growth is it always comes back to the pastor, to the leadership, to the core church, to the city. And that's why I have to be right with God. I have to be confessional. I have to be in humility. I have to be broken. I have to be pure. I have to be quick to, to apologize. I must be low. Because then, if I can influence three, and if I can influence 12, and 12 can influence 120, then look what happens with God's math. Eventually, we'll look around and we will begin to have a countless sea of souls coming into the kingdom because we decided to wait and do it the right way in God's timing. We don't have to have a big church to be a victorious church. No. We don't have to do it that way. We just need everybody who's currently here to be solid. I've got to be solid. Every leader in our church has to be solid. Every teacher's got to be solid. And you know what the good news is about it? That's enough. That's it. Problem solved. We got it now. All it takes is 120 people to have the revival that God wants. Can you think, you think we can do that? I think we can do that. I think we can do it. <laughs> Come on, somebody, I think we can do it. Does anybody see it? Anybody feel it? 120 of us, uh, we got it, y'all. That's nothing. That's nothing. We have around 200 coming to church on Sunday, and they may not all be in the 120, but I think we can get 120. I think we can find 120, and if we can, there's a promise of 3,000 souls. Thank you, Lord. I'm almost done. You can be seated. It's a short one tonight. And I've, I don't even say that. Should I repent now for saying that? I should probably just go and repent now for saying we're almost done at 824. That's, that's pretty ridiculous. But by faith, I'm almost done tonight. I do have one more thing I want to share from my heart. And then, and then this will be all of my notes. That doesn't mean anything, but it's all of my notes. So I love the story of Gideon. Anybody know the story of Gideon? Man, it's a good one. It's classic. I mean, it's, it's like... They, they could make a movie about it. They probably have over the years. They probably just use different characters, but they can make, make a movie about this thing. This is the stuff of legends, y'all. 
I mean, it's just crazy what, what happened. Uh, Israel is about to go to war with the Midianites in Judges chapter 7. And uh, let's get, I'm sorry I didn't send y'all scriptures, I apologize. Judges chapter 7, 2, verse 2, verse 12, 16, 17, 18. I know y'all probably writing all that down. <laughs> Judges, Judges 7 and 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people that are with you are too many. That's weird. That's weird. Let's smoke them, Jesus. Come on. Sorry. Jehovah. Let's go get them. Come on. They're not too many. Let's take these Midianites out. We're God's people. But look what, look, what God, look what God did. He was like, you got too many in your army. You got too many in your army. No. Now, I'm going to give you the win, but you've got too many. We're going to scale it back a little bit. Why are we going to do that? Because I don't want anybody saying that you did this. I do not want anybody trying to claim a victory that only, only I could do. So you know what? I don't need all your might, all your power. I just need a few submitted people. So look what he said. He told them and said, I don't want you bragging. I don't want you to vaunt yourself against me and brag saying that we did this out of our ability, our power, that we built the church with our cool leadership skills. That we built the church because we had a crawfish bowl and the whole city came out and said, I want to be saved today eating crawfish. That's, that's not, that's not it. But look when verse 12, verse 12, here we go. And then I'm going to go 16, 17, 18, verse 12. And the Mennonites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for the multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for the multitude. And you don't want us to bring everybody? You can't even count the camels. I'm not really afraid of camels, but they can be scary, right? I mean, they got big feet. You ever seen a camel's feet? They could hurt somebody. War camels, y'all. Camels kill. That's why they picked camels for cigarettes back in the day. Did y'all feel that? <laughs> I'm sorry. So all these, all these camels, all these warriors are like, you came and count them. And God is like, I don't want you getting the credit. It, it doesn't even make sense. But God wants to grow this church his way. And you and I are going to sit back and go, what is God doing? And this is what's going to happen. It's going to be like, if we could just improve A, B, C, D and make a stronger army. And God's sitting there going, no. I want to build this thing. Because if I do it with a bunch of crazy folks, then he gets the credit. God doesn't want a perfect church. He wants an obedient church. God doesn't want us to all be super spiritual people walking around all the time. He wants to just let us bow to before him and let him build the church. You know what? This takes a lot of pressure off all of us right now to be perfect. Everybody take a deep breath right now. You ready? <laughs> you guys don't have to be perfect playing these instruments. Take them. Take a breath. You don't have to be perfect up here singing. You don't have to be perfect with your notes. You don't have to be perfect in how you praise God because he wants to get the credit. 
Let's take a load off, teachers. You don't have to be perfect in Sunday school. You don't have to be the best ever. You just got to be obedient. <laughs> you don't have to be perfect parents. Just be obedient. God wants a hand in our families. God wants a hand in our marriages. Let him work through it. So it's like a sea of people that are going to fight him. In verse 16, and so look what he does. Then he divides the 300 up into three companies. And he puts a trumpet in their hand. That's scary. Thanks, Jehovah. What am I going to do with a trumpet? Hit somebody with a trumpet? Maybe make their ears bleed? What do you do with a trumpet in battle? You gave him a trumpet? Oh, that's not all. They gave him even more than that and, and said, get a trumpet and then, and then get empty pitchers. What am I going to do with empty pitchers and a trumpet? God, you're equipping us with foolish things so that he can get the credit. See, we've got to really go easy on each other. When you look around the church and all you see is a bunch of people that are just holding trumpets and, and pitchers. Because it's not about what's in our hands. It's not about how many of us there are. It's about the unity that's about to take place. Because look at the order of what he did. He put them in complete order. And complete order is unity. And whenever he put them in complete unity, it did not matter how small, it did not matter how weak, it did not matter they had no real weapons. Because it was God, everything God did in that moment was to help them be unified. He wanted to give them one voice. So the Bible says he gives them this trumpet, and then he gives them this, this pitcher, empty pitcher, and then it says, go get a lamp, a candle, something that burns, and put it inside the pitcher, because that's super scary. It's like, a, it's like one, of those, one of those things ladies do get together and sell pottery. It's like someone just left one of those events and went to war. It's like... What is this, you know? It's like a band director went to someone's house and did pottery and then went to go fight. It doesn't make any sense. What, what are we doing with all this stuff, God? Why do you have me walking around with a candle and a trumpet fighting a sea of camels? <laughs> now look what he says to do with them. He said, he said unto them in verse 17, verse 17, he said, look at me and do like I do. Wow, the pressure to be a leader. Because if the leader messed up, everybody messes up. This is why you have to pray for your leader. Do you pray for us? No, 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 don't pray that, that we'd be rich. Don't pray that, that I would keep my hair. Don't pray, don't, don't pray that. Pray that God would make me his man. I give you permission when you pray. Don't feel bad. And that's silly to say I give you permission. What I'm trying to say is I will not be upset if you pray the prayer, God, make my pastor a righteous, holy, powerful leader, whatever it takes. Because that's what I've got to be. Because you're looking at me, and if one step I make could throw the whole battle off. And I wasn't, I wasn't planning on saying that, but while I studied and I reviewed this, because I've done it a couple times, I haven't talked about this part, but when I did it, the Lord began to speak to me, whisper in my spirit, and quicken my heart, and he said, you tell them the importance of how everything falls down 
if you're not right. And you be open with them. Don't hide. Preach to yourself before your church. And so I have to make sure I'm hearing from God and I have to make sure that I'm right because one misstep from me can hurt those below. And then it says, when I blow the trumpet, I and all that are with me in verse 18, then blow the trumpet on every side of all the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. When I do it, you do it. Look at the flow of what God wants to put in the kingdom for a mighty victory. So this is how they have their, their battle won. And the Bible says in verse 22, And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And the hosts began to flee, and they completely decimated that sea of, of enemies and animals and war animals, and they had great victory. And I feel like that is a vision for where our church is and where we need to remind ourselves of that God's going to use the people who are here right now. You know what? We're not that special. Can we just own it? We're just, we're just people from all different backgrounds. People who've been hurt and damaged don't feel very useful, very powerful. But if we can just learn to hear from God, if we can just do it His way, He will turn our, our idiosyncrasies, our issues, our our weaknesses. He will turn them for good and he will produce us a victory. Not just him a victory, us a victory, our families, our kids. We win. And that's what God wants for us. And would you, would you watch this? This is, this is amazing. Guess what, it, what happened at the end of the story. The Bible says that they captured two princes of Midian. Their names, Oreb and Zeb. Oreb and Zeb. And this is what their names mean. The edge of a cliff and a wolf. And God spoke to me and said that if we will do it his way, he will protect the most vulnerable among us that are on the edge and those that are on the outside that could be taken by the wolf. Our most weakest, our youngest, our children. So I rise today to tell you that if we will do it God's way, he will let us break down the two princes and we never have to watch another fall off the cliff because we've lost so many. We've lost so many. And I'm sick of losing people. I'm sick of losing hungry people. I'm sick of losing the most vulnerable. I'm sick of losing people that are weak on the edge. I'm sick of losing our young people and our children. Please do not count the number of teenagers who have backslid. Not just in this church, but your youth group. Because it shudders me to think of the number of children and youth that we are losing to this world as they turn 17 and 18 and 19. And almost everyone I know in church, the majority of the youth group is no longer in church. 
We've got new people that come in church, and God, help us to make sure there is no edge of a cliff that they can fall over. Help us make sure there is no wolf uh, that's out there to take them. Because if we will do this God's way with the 120 that are here right now, he said we will get to capture the edge of the cliff uh, and the wolf. And not only did they capture the edge of the cliff and the wolf, but they killed them, destroyed them, never to have to face it again. I feel with faith that we can do this in Jesus' name. I have had to repent lately, and I have had to tell the Lord, Lord, from now on, I refuse to see anything for what it looks like. I will see faith in everything that I see. I have not always been a candy stick faith preacher. There are guys, there are pastors and preachers out there that they were evangelizing for 30 years on faith uh, and they preach faith all the time. Faith, faith, faith. I've always been the kind of guy that I wanted to get, I wanted to get in there where you live and I wanted to help you live some things and not just be high in the sky. But now I'm starting to see everything's faith. Everything's faith. Maybe not everything's pie in the sky, but everything's faith. And I am making a commitment to you and I'm making a commitment to God that I want from now on to see by faith that we will win against all odds. I refuse to fear. I refuse to look at that vast army and sit down and go, it's hopeless. There's no way we can do it now. It's just a few of us in the name of Jesus. No, I just want to obey you. I just want to fall before you. I just want to hear from you. I just want to do it your way, God. Can we all stand on our feet tonight? We can do this. We will do this. I know what we're up against. I know, I know, when I'm talking about that is I know, I know what we're up against in the day we're living in. I know the spirit of the end time. I know what we're trying to build here at AFC is very hard. I know we're, I know it's tough. But this is going to bring God great glory when we get done. (laughs) If my kids make it, in the day we're living in. He's going to get all the credit because I don't know what I'm doing. But I will obey him. I will seek his face. I will pray over them at night and I will give them to God. If this church makes it, it will not be because of me. It will be because I said, God, I can't. I obey you. I submit to you. I don't care the odds against Austin First Church. I don't care what they say about Dale, Dale Valley. I don't care what we're up against. We will see a victory. We will grow a church in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we, we want to do it with you. Over time, hanging out with you, we, we fall in love with you. And we want, we want to do it with you. So we're going to pray, and we're not going to pray for, for our city to come to us. We're, we're not going to pray for our, our neighbors and our friends right now. Because what's really interesting about this dynamic is they're praying for us. There are, there are more than 3,000 people out there right now wondering where we are, what we're doing. 
and how we're treating each other. And they want to believe God is real. And they want to believe the church is real. And they want to believe that this Christianity junk is real. And while I would love to bypass the fact that it's up to us, I cannot. While I would love to make it seem that they are the problem, they're not. They have problems. And we have answers. And we have solutions. And we have a way for them. So tonight, in our closing, when we pray together, when we pray together, I I can't, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray for them like they're a problem. Like they're not going to come. And if we could pray, God will send a bunch of angels and slap them and they'll come to church. I don't want to pray that way. Because sometimes that's how we pray, right? Do you know why we pray for everybody else and not ourselves? Because we, we don't have to do anything, lift a finger when we pray like that. But if we would ever start to pray for us, they would have hope. Our inner circles would be blessed. Those people we run with at our jobs would start to feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But we don't want to invest. We don't want to obey. We don't want to submit. So we pray, God, bypass us and get to them. And God is trying to come back in here tonight and say, it's not my order. My order is pray for yourself. Jesus said, don't worry about the harvest because the harvest is ready right now. He said, pray for the laborers. I am not worried one bit about the people hung out on drugs tonight coming to church. I'm worried about who's going to reach them. And I'm worried about what's going to happen when they get here. I am not worried about them wanting to come to church because they're all over the place and they come in every Sunday and they walk through those doors and they're looking and they're searching and God brought them here. I'm not worried about them. They will come. We will find them. We will reach them somehow. But tonight in closing, I want us to pray for us. Because to have victory, you don't have to do anything to the enemy. You just have to get a trumpet in one hand. That's on us, y'all. It's on us, right? It's on us. It's work. It's just work. We got to get a trumpet in everybody's hand right here, right now. Not out there. We'll win that right here, right now. A trumpet in everyone's hand. And we've got to make the same sound. The same sound. And when we make the same sound, and when we break our pitchers at the same moment, Here's what the world sees. They see a big voice. They see a large army. They hear something bigger than what we are. Whenever they see that light begin to crash and the candle begin to to flash at the same moment, they see a massive light, not our light. His light. They don't hear our voice. They hear his voice. If we can all become in alignment then we can win the battle against the enemy and we get no credit for it. God gets all the credit for it. Oh, I feel faith right now in this church service. I see everybody in this place becoming a great, powerful person of God. 
I don't see your past. I don't see your mistakes. I don't see what you used to do, what you used to be. As far as I'm concerned, let's start over right now. Let's be a new church right now. Let's let it all go. Let's just say it's in the past, and let's make sure that we've got the same sound and the same light. God's going to do it. You hear me? God's going to do it. My wife and I, our mind is made up. We're fighters. We're going to stay here and do this thing. We'll change anything. We've got to change. I'll repent every night of my life if I have to. But God called us here. We're going to have a church, a revival. We're going to reach the backsliders. No matter what it takes. But right now, Right now, it's on us. Because they're not in this service right now, are they? So why are we praying for them? Do you know who is in the service right now? There's someone beside you right now that's here. So you know what I need to do? You know what we need to do? We need to grab a hold of somebody that's here now. And we need to pray right now with someone beside us. Can you join with somebody right now? Are you ready? Let's don't pray for the, the harvest. Let's don't pray for anybody else. How about right now, we begin to pray in the name of Jesus that we would be right, that we would love each other in the name of Jesus right now, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus and by your authority that right now that we would become a unified people, a loving people, a people that we care more about each other than anything else in this world, a people that put everything else aside to make sure this place is quality. I want quality. I want quality. There is not a safe place in the world except our church. We've got to have quality. We're fighters. We're overcomers. We are not a weak people. We're a submitted people. We're an obedient people. It's not about us. It's not about me. That's it. I feel it. I see it. I see it in you. I see it in you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't see what you see. Your marriage will work. Your ministry will work. It will work. It will work. It will work. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Oh, God, we surrender to you right now. God, we obey you, God. We seek your face, God. God, unify us together, one mind and one accord. Oh, God, bind us together, Jesus. Oh, God, we join together. Nothing else matters. Our future depends on it, God. This right here, this church, I got to make sure, I got to make sure this is good. This is my number one priority for evangelism is the health of the church. We're going to reach the city. We're going to reach the people that are broken. But this is it right here, God. 
This is it. When I pray as a pastor, this is it, God. Whoever's coming right now, God, help me, God, be able to lead them. Help me, God, be able to love them. Help me, God, be able to take care of them. Because this army is the army you'll use, God, for a mighty victory. Jesus name. Yes, God. We're slowing down, God. We're slowing down. We're slowing down. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. It's not time yet. I'm slowing down. I want every eye closed for a moment. Can you close your eyes with me, please? Nobody looking around. I just... If myself or my wife have ever offended you over the five years we've been here, I want you to know that we are sorry. I want to make sure you know that we care. And we ask you to forgive us, please. Just right now, if you, if you could, just, if it's you, I'm asking you right now if you please could forgive us. Maybe it was nothing big. Maybe it was just something I said preaching. Maybe I walked by you one time and didn't shake your hand and you've, you've, you're upset. I'm asking you please right now, would you please forgive me? Would you give me another chance? Would you, would you clear your heart? Because I know that I'm not perfect and I know that there's things that I've done, I'm sure, I know. I know, I know I'm sure I've done things that have, have hurt people. I feel so different now than what I was three years ago, two years ago. Some of you have told me that we can tell you're a different pastor and I'm so glad. And we're going to keep growing and I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep growing I'm going to keep becoming what God wants me to be. And I'm asking you right now, would you see what I can be with faith? Would you see what your pastor can become and your pastor's wife can become through the eyes of faith? Would you see that we can do things that are beyond human and believe in us? Because I'm telling you, I promise you, I am praying that God, I will see it in the saints of this church. I will see the best in people. I will see the potential in people. I will not see where they are right now, but God, I am committing and I am praying. I'm going to see the best in people. And you're going to use just a bunch of broken people that don't even deserve to be here. And you're going to have a big church in Austin, Texas. You're going to grow a big church right here on 4557 East Highway 71. It's going to happen, and we're going to get none of the credit. And this pastor is going to get none of the credit, and the leaders get none of the credit, and the saints get none of the credit. But God gets all the glory.
<laughs> oh, thank you, God. Now, if we could just worship for a moment, worship the Lord. <laughs> we worship you, God. We worship you, God. God, we want to work on us. We want to work on us. I know we get in a hurry. I know I get in a hurry, God, but I don't want to get in a hurry. I just want to love. I just want to believe. I just want to have prayer and faith, and I just want you to build your church, God. Slow me down. Slow me down. Slow me down, Jesus. Let me not be in a hurry and get ahead of you, God. Let me not breed a fight in my future, God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, his spirit is, is, is sweet. It's so sweet. It's moving. It's not a fighting spirit from God. It's just a peaceful, it's a, it's a, it's a safe place. Well, I feel a safe place right now. God is wanting to, to show us right now this is a safe place. It's a place we can fix things. It's a place that we can confess. It's a place that we can be humble. It's a place that we can be soft. It's a safe place. God wants us to feel it right now. God, the spirit I feel right now is try again, try again, try again. Try again, start over and try again. I feel it right now. Go ahead and try again. Try to love again. Try to put yourself out there again. Try to be vulnerable again. But what if I get hurt? I know. I feel that. I know. Try again. Try again. Oh. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, glory to God. I feel it. I sense it, God. You're here. You're here, God. Oh, God. Oh, we worship you, God. We lift our voices and worship. We lift our hearts, God, to you. Thank you, God, for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. You're good. You're good, God. Your backsliders are coming home, y'all. Listen to me. Slow down. They're coming home. Do not be afraid. If they want it, they're going to come home. Slow down. It's going to happen in God's timing. Let's don't, get a, let's don't get ahead of this thing. Let's just walk by faith. Walk by faith. God said, Abraham, everywhere you walk, I'll give it to you. 
It takes a long time to get everything you need. It takes a long time to get everything you want. Walk by faith, one step at a time, because everywhere you step, he said, I'll give you everywhere you go. You've got to keep moving, but it's one territory at a time. It's not big land. It's not, a, it's not 100 acres. It's every step. It's by step by step. It's a lifetime to accomplish this. It will take us a lifetime to build this church. And then if God doesn't come back, it'll continue without us. Don't get in a hurry. It's going to be fine. Does anybody feel faith tonight in the service? I feel faith tonight. It's going to be fine in Jesus' name. Not because of us, but because we're going to, we're going to obey God. Thank you for letting me open up my heart to you as a, as a pastor. I, I hope it's not too uncomfortable for you. It's definitely comfortable for me. But I, I, uh, I knew that I would be a more uh, open pastor. Not a perfect pastor. I knew I'd be a pastor that wouldn't be perfect. But I knew I would be a more open, confessional pastor. And um, from time to time, especially on Wednesday nights when our kids are not in here, I will try to be more open with you. Because I feel like openness creates openness. I feel like some of you don't think you can maybe approach me because you think that maybe I come across like, I, like I'm better than. And the way to fight that spirit is I, I have to be open sometimes. I'm not this pastor that has it all together. I'm not this guy that figured it all out. I have to open, I have to open up. I have to. So thank you for enduring that tonight. Can I also mention one more thing while we're in the spirit tonight? There's going to be times in church that's unavoidable that you will hear something that I potentially had done wrong. And there'll be times when the person was correct. I hope it's very few times. <laughs> I, hope that it's, I hope it goes away <laughs> and there's never any other complaint. But there will also be times when it's a lie. They're upset at us. They're trying to cause us damage. And it's not true. And it will take your ability to pray and hear from God to discern the difference I cannot chase down and track down rumors it would kill us it would destroy us it'd be too stressful but I can tell you this I promise to you that when we're wrong we will confess to the people we will make it right we will we will make it right so please understand that will happen in church and if we don't understand that as mature saints, it will hurt a church badly. And we have got to keep things from our children. Amen? We've got to keep it away from our children. I want our kids to think that we just are all just best friends. We love each other and we, everyone's perfect. And if, we, if it's not true, then fake it when they're around. You know what I mean? So thank you for understanding that. And if you ever need to ask us anything, you can ask us anything. And uh, hey, we do make mistakes. I'll admit it. I confess it. But uh, I, I believe it will never be anything that would be too large or too great. It'd be something that was an honest mistake, something that I should have done better and wasn't wise. And I will repent of it. I will apologize for it. And I will get better at it. I will. In Jesus' name. Do y'all believe that about me? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Come here, baby.
my wife and I love you so much. And once again, would you just close? I'm not trying to be selfish, but would you just pray for us? Don't pray God's going to bless us and all that. Would you just pray God will help us to be what you need? And, and we're, we're ready for it. We can take it. It might hurt us some. But would you just pray one more time before we go? That's the theme tonight. In Jesus' name, right now, God. God, I pray over our family. I pray over me, my, my wife, right now in the name of Jesus. God, I, I know our church wants revival, and we are the vessels to help get it done. God, we know that, that these prayers are hard to pray because sometimes there's a brokenness. Sometimes there's a pain. But, God, I know you'll never put more on us than we can handle. I know, God, that you will help us to be the leader of this place to where we can see victory in our homes, families, and marriages. And, God, we submit ourselves. We bow our own hearts before you, Jesus. And we thank you for people who love us, that want the best for us, that will allow us to be human and make mistakes and to get up out of it. In the name of Jesus, uh, I want to use wisdom. I want to have love, God. I want to do all things rightly, and if I don't, God, I want to apologize quickly. I want to make it right and humble myself. I've got to be right with you, God. I've got to be right with you, Jesus. We've got to be right with you. Thank you, church family. We love you so much. We, we thank you so much. Thank y'all. Okay, you're dismissed. That's all we've got for you. It's heavy in here. Let's, let's, let's uh, hug each other, shake hands, be friendly and all that. Let's get together this weekend in Jesus' name, all right? Let's be friendly. Let's love each other. Thank you so much for being here tonight on Wednesday night. I love you all.